Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett, alongside my sister Paige. And we're back after a little summer hiatus after the NBA Finals. We are now back with just about three weeks until NFL training camps kick off and about a month until the preseason is in full swing. We dive into a little bit of football, a little bit of Spartan racing, and a little bit of previewing when it comes to TV shows, the Netflix quarterback series. That's all next here on the His and Hers podcast. Alrighty, Paige, uh, a question I'm going to give out to the audience um, or to the listeners. I, I don't know if I'd call the audience. Uh, backtrack that. But on Sunday, we did something uh, that about, let me think, about 10 different times throughout it. I was wondering why, one, I was doing it on a free day of my life, and two, why did I pay money to do it? So the question I put out is, has anyone ever caught themselves in that situation? Paige and I did a Spartan race, uh, 10 kilometers in the mountains of Utah. It was just under 3,000 feet of elevation gained throughout the race, uh, 26 obstacles uh, and 10 kilometers, or for all of us Americans, 6.2 miles. Paige, what did you think? It was your first ever one. I had a privilege to do one last year, but what was your thought? Do you recommend it? I freaking loved it. Um, I'm just a competitive person though. So I'm like, I feel like most of my friends would probably hate that scenario, um, especially with how dirty you get. And it's just like exhausting physically and mentally, but I loved it. I want to do a hundred more. Well, what's funny is I, so I haven't done one last year. I did up in Montana, but it was in April. And so it was like 50, like 48 degrees outside. So all of the water stuff that they do was completely out of it because of like the weather conditions. It made me laugh so hard to look at the faces of everybody when we're, we're getting to the starting line. And before you even get started in the Spartan race, they have like a, what do they call it? Like a barrier of entry or right of entry or whatever the, the phrase mm -hmm. would be is in the Utah one was barbed wire that was on the ground. The ground was already muddy and wet and you had to crawl under the barbed wire while simultaneously at some point being sprayed by a man with a fire hose <laughs> and then immediately hopping like a four foot wall to then get to the starting line. So I was just, honestly, it made me laugh to, to be all of a sudden at 10, 15 in the morning on some random Sunday, army crawling through the mud and getting blasted by a fire hose. I was like, this is intense. Uh, and I, I thought at that point, you guys are like, what did we just sign up for? We are Spartans. <laughs> How motivated yeah. did you feel during that whole speech? That was electric. So motivated. I don't know. They're like, so I think the thing I love most about the Spartans is because, uh, I, I love running races. I have been, I've gotten into like long distance running a lot over the past two years. And so I've competed in a lot of like races that way and running is generally so like hurt like individual and like I've done races with like my sister or things like that but it's still like the whole time I'm just like focused on my time and my pace and all that stuff so the thing I really loved about the Spartan is that it felt like a team sport again so I felt like I was like back in high school back in like college like on my sports teams and like experiencing that and like being able to do it with everyone and like also just like the people at Spartan there were so many people that like you don't know that are just like 
cheering you on and you're cheering for them. And it's just like, so cool to see people compete and like accomplish such hard things. Cause like there is some really tough obstacles and it's just so cool. And like most people had to have assistance like at the different ones. And so I don't know, I just loved like the team camaraderie feelings. Yeah, no, I think it's something that if you haven't done one, I highly recommend if you are nervous about Hills, that, that's one thing is having done the one in Montana, the one in Utah, the one in Montana, you still climb, but the one in Utah is on a literal ski resort. It's at the snow basin resort and your climbs are bad, but your declines are just as bad because they're so severe that there's not a ton of places where it opens up and you, and you get running the Montana one. This is kind of for context. So looking at my age bracket, the people, the guy who won it last year in Montana did it. I looked this up recently. They have all the stats. It's really cool. Did it in an hour and like one minute. Did a 10K and finished it in that time. The same same age group that won it this year in Utah did it two hours and 45 minutes, which in my mind equates to the one in Utah is about three times harder than the one in Montana, just because of the the staggering time difference between the two races. And so there are ones like Phoenix is almost like a level zero grade. So if you, you know, if you're thinking about doing one, there are ones that aren't quite as severe or maybe as hot. I mean, cause that was another thing about it, but it's just always funny about when you get done with it and you feel super like that satisfaction, there are points within the entire process that you're like this, what am I doing? Like the one for me was when carrying that bucket up the hill that was about 50 yards. And oh, this that was, was such a long carry. That was like, it was 24, you know, the 23rd obstacle or whatever. Actually, I take this back. The one that I thought was the worst was the like 24th obstacle is this barbed wire crawl, which typically oh, that was the worst thing terrible. of the entire experience. But it was the only way you could really do it was roll. And it was basically on a rock bed. And so I have I don't know if you can see it, but I have about 15 different scratches up and down my arms, all from these little tiny rocks that that nicked at us when we were just rolling in like, the dirt. I got out like of it and it looked like I've been field. in war. Yeah, it was yeah, terrible. It, it felt like the length of a football field. Like it just was never ending. I was like so dizzy at the end because I had been rolling for so long. Yeah. Well, I, like the whole time I was like, I was because the there was this guy that went in front of us and he was re- going right down the middle of the side that we were on and he was army crawling and he was going so freaking slow. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I have got to get past you or this is going to take forever. So I'm trying to maneuver past him. And then I finally get around him and then I start rolling. And then it was just like, it never ended the rolling. It felt like you were just going to roll forever. <laughs> it just, it was, yeah, I got up, put my hands on my knees, looked down. And although I knew I only had like three obstacles left, I thought maybe I should just walk off the course now. Cause I <laughs> might puke if I do not, that's kind of where I had reached. Um, but the most, fr- I think the most frustrating one is the freaking like spear throw because it should be in my mind, the one that I is like the easiest, but it's so freaking hard because it's not an actual spear. It's like a broomstick with a needle and it's attached to that stupid rope and you Zach standing on the rope. So when he throws it, it goes like two feet just straight into the Every ground. Even though I thought the whole the time rope. I said, don't step on the rope. I still stepped on the rope. <laughs> and then mine hit directly in the middle. It hit the hay bell and then it just ricocheted off. Yeah. So yeah. I still count that one as a win. One of these days I'm going to nail that spear throw, but so 
Would again. you do another Spartan? Oh yeah. I, I want to do one every single year. I think that they're mentally exhausting. And I think the obstacles, like you said, add an element of like child, like childness to it. Like you go to a playground and all the monkey bars for me, at least I, I can't do them because they're too low to the ground. Um, obviously I could hold my feet up in the air, but that would require ab strength and, you know, but anyway, so doing some of those things where it's kind of like an adult obstacle course, well, it is, uh, is just unique. And then obviously challenging in, in some pretty big ways. I have some pretty big goals when it comes to like endurance racing. I want to do, uh, have a marathon for September and then I want to get in some ultra next year. I want to do a 50 miler and then a hundred miler uh, in the later part of the year. And so I think that the Spartan races can only like help that like kind of as a fun way to do long distance running, but mix in some different elements, the incline, the decline, and then obviously, uh, the obstacle portion of it, which is just totally unique to itself. So anyway, long spill to say yes. Love it. Uh, when I was, when I take, we're going to go back 20 ish years and I'm six years old and I am on the playground in Oregon and I was obsessed, unhealthily obsessed with the monkey bars all recess long. All I would do was go back and forth on the monkey bars and I would race everybody. And I was just like the monkey bar champion. I beat everyone every time we raced. That's an elite title. Elite, elite title of one elementary school. Um, it got to the point it was so bad that I would have blisters all over my hands and like they would callus over and they would bleed. And so mom, was like telling the school like hey Paige cannot go on the monkey bars like you need to not let her go on the monkey bars so my teacher and my mom are like going back and forth about how to like get me not to they're both telling me I can't be on the monkey bars and my teacher would stand by the monkey bars and make sure I wasn't getting on them at recess and so I would get my friends to distract her with something else and then I would run over and I would do the monkey bars as fast as I could it's the most rebellious thing I ever did in my childhood so you know real crazy kid Um, (laughs) Oh, that's it, huh? That's the number one. Wow. (laughs) So it was so funny because, uh, so we're doing like at the Spartan, the, this one, I don't, Zach, did they have three different sets of monkey bars at the Montana one too? Or yeah, no, they, that's always kind of a staple for them. So they had, they had these three sets of monkey bars and it was just so funny because on the third set, I'm going across and I'm like feeling this pain in my hands. But then I helped my sister, our sister, Demi, I put her on my shoulders and helped her get through the monkey bars. And when I'm setting her down, I noticed blood on her leg and I'm like, Demi, you're bleeding. And I'm like wiping it off. But then I realized it was my hands and I ripped off like all of the calluses on my hands oh. for lifting. Oh, and there was just, it was so gross. It's gross. The rest of the time, like I just like there'd just be blood that was like falling from my hand onto the trail. It was just disgusting. So I just felt like a true Spartan. Like I was bleeding, I was sweating, I was covered in dirt. Like I am a Spartan. Oh, <laughs> pretty lit. So texted mom those photos and was like, "It's like I'm seven years old again." <laughs> so some things never change. Yeah, the more the more, as they say, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, I, and again, I highly recommend it. If you're, if you're on the fence about it, you can always, uh, wait till black Friday. They always do buy one, get one free for Spartan races. So if you're thinking about doing one, maybe next year, set it as a goal. It is a ton of fun and you won't regret it. it. The number one thing, just do a sprint. It's only 3.1 miles. 
Well, and the number one thing is there is the competitive side to it that you can, you could, you could sign up for if you want to just have your first crack at it, but the open is all about just doing it. And so when they say, when you fell an obstacle, there's a penalty loop, there's burpees, but ultimately you could just do it at what you feel that you can do. It's not, um, you know, doesn't have to be as hard um, as they make those people who compete professionally. So we expect an ad uh, from Spartan race here soon. We're going to send this little clip in and, and see what they do for us. So um, as we move into the, we're obviously in, as we are well noted, not the biggest of baseball fans. As I'm wearing we my move, Padres hat. So oh, percent. there you go. Go pods. Um, <laughs> we obviously are in kind of a, a the, the middle part of the summer is that time period where the NBA is gone. The NFL is gone, which to me is what I watch. So, we are ramping up, though. Believe it or not, we're three weeks away from training camp being open crazy? to the NFL ball. teams, which once that happens, even though it's July 28th, give or take, I'm like, oh, football's back, even though I got six more weeks until September 9th or whatever it is this year uh, for kickoff. But my in my brain, we're back. We're there. Uh, and. When we get to this point, it's always interesting, right? In April, you have the free agent frenzy, or maybe it's March. You have the draft in April. And then any any of those needs that weren't quite done, they're usually taken care of immediately after. And then there's always this group of players that maybe were late buyouts uh, or, or maybe just a little bit older that haven't signed with an NFL team yet. And a lot of them can be big-time names, but later on in their career. And so for whatever reason, they aren't signed. So out of this list, there's some names that, that kind of jump out to me. So I want to throw out, I'll throw out six to you and I want you to rank them. Okay. And then we can kind of talk about where we think they might go, but Deandre Hopkins, Dalvin cook Jadavion Clowney, uh, Marcus Peters, Ezekiel Elliott and Yanak Yanak Nagakwe, Yanak Nagakwe, the pass rusher who just most recently played for the Colts. So those six players, where do you think they kind of stand in order of importance and where do you think they're going to end up? Um, it's I don't know. It's a tough one because I think that there's some names there that are like, They've had such a big impact. Obviously, I think I still think DeAndre Hopkins has a lot he can provide and do in the league. I'm like, my heart wants to say that Dalvin Cook is the most like optimal player in that lineup, but I just feel like it's harder as a running back in the league. The older you get, the less likely it is that you're going to be able to perform at the level you did at a younger age. And so I don't know. My mind goes to DeAndre Hopkins. I like the rumors of him potentially landing like in Baltimore and like being with Lamar Jackson. I just think that that could provide a level of like maturity and like some really awesome, like it just adds another arsenal to hit to Jackson's like entire strategy on the offense. And I just think that like DeAndre, I think that could be a really good fit for Hopkins. Okay. I like that. I I, I like DeAndre Hopkins. I think there's a few different teams he can go to. I have him number two, and I have Dalvin Cook number one. I think more so in the immediate impact that he can make a team. 
I do think that it was in the best interest of the Vikings to move on more so for the type of play style that they want to get to uh, and uh, eliminate, you know, some salary cap and all that stuff. But I think in terms of what he can provide you, I think Dalvin cook is immediate offense, immediate, big play. You're going to get a play a game. And there's plenty of games last year where he changed the entire game for the Minnesota Vikings. So I think Dalvin cook is number one. And I do think that the, the highest chance is him ending up with the Dolphins, but of stuff that's been coming out recently, the Jets have definitely piqued his interest, I think, for their ability to compete for a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, knowing, you know, has seen him twice a year for the last, you know, five, six years. I think there's a lot of interest there. So I would not be shocked if he ended on the Jets. I still do think he's going to end up in Miami uh, with Mike McDaniel. It'd be very interesting to see what they can do. I know. I'm just curious on that one because I just don't know if if Miami has the cap space for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think there's an offer on the table for him from what I've read by the Dolphins, but it's whether or not he wants to take that. Um is, is what I've read is that the Dolphins have made it clear. This is what they want to do for him. And it isn't what he thinks he deserves, but it might be the only thing that he ends up getting. Yeah. So I agree. I think, um, I think Ezekiel Elliott, obviously also point of interest. I think it's interesting. There's been quite a few rumors going around that like Vikings and chargers are the most likely of like where he could land. What's your take on if the Vikings say that they truly are interested, what's your take on releasing Dalvin and then going after Ezekiel Elliott? Well, it kind of builds on the point that I had said that the reason they moved on from him is he wasn't, he isn't the top tier pass protector like Alexander Madison has shown. One of the things that Zeke has done real well. And the, one of the reasons I believe the Cowboys kept him on the team for so long is he's actually very, very good in pass protection. And what that allows you to do is if you had Alexander Madison and Ezekiel Elliott in your backfield is whenever you trot him out there, the, a defense can't really lean into tendencies. Anytime Dalvin Cook was out there, it's kind of like not not as severe, but like eight, when Adrian Peters was in the backfield, you knew that probably was going to get the ball because he wants the ball and he and he needs a lot of touches in order to have one break free. And so when you bring in Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think it's contradictory to what they're doing. I think it actually fits a little bit better than what they're trying to achieve, which is we line up in the same formation in the same personnel grouping, and you don't know what we're going to do. It's a 50 50 it's balanced because our running back is just as good as pass protecting as he is running the ball. I don't think they should, but the concept and like the thought process behind it makes sense to me. Yeah, I think it's a, that's a, it's a good point too. I think that it's funny how there's just like players that they just, in certain systems, it just kind of comes to an end, but then bringing in players that have just a tiny different skill set in terms of being able to have an impact can impact the like offensive strategy overall, same as defense. And so it's like Dallin Cook might have like not been the solution in, in like the Vikings team anymore, but it's like he can go to Miami or he could go anywhere and end up like working, operating perfectly in that offense with like the coach, the quarterback, the other pass like protection that they have. And so always interesting to see where people will end up. So do you think that, uh, do you think, how likely do you think it's Ezekiel Elliott actually ends up as a Vikings? Do you think there's another team that is more likely to grab him? Everything I, that I see or that I have read, I, I do think 
that there's still a high chance that he just ends up back on the Cowboys for the league minimum, because I think no matter where he goes, that's what's going to be offered to him. And so for him, comf- comfortability is the same. And then uh, the money is the same, quote unquote, but with no state tax, I think he ultimately would just end up there. So unless another team comes out and offers him more than the league minimum, more than what the Cowboys you know, could just do, just like everybody else, then I, I don't think you'll see him. The only scenario I could see is him, him hopefully on, on his side, if he's you know hoping for a bigger role, is to wait out and hope, you know, hope someone gets injured like that typically happens. And then he can sign on with the team, maybe week two or three and be a player that gets plugged in, but no team is going to look at him and say, yeah, we're going to sign him and and give him the ball 15 times a game. I think that time of his career is over, even though he is only 28 years, years old. And I think that's, what's crazy. Dalvin cook, 27, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, 28, Kareem hunt, 28, Leno Fournette, 28, all these running backs on the list. And he used to be said 30, 30, 30. That's the, that's when running backs fall off. And now we've just crept it up a couple more years. There's no worse position. And I, I can't remember who recently said this, but there's no worse position than being an NFL running back right now in terms of what you do to your body versus what you get rewarded, it is surely fallen off a cliff and it has done in short order. Yeah. I'm okay. Gonna... Judavion Clowney. Where do you think he's going to end up? I don't know. It's interesting because I feel like there hasn't been as much, like I haven't seen as much chatter about Judavion Clowney and where he's going to end up. There hasn't been as many, like, I don't know if it's just that teams aren't interested or it's just not making headlines. I think some good fits for him could be like the bears lines or the Panthers. I think that they're all systems that could really utilize his skill set. And so I'm interested to see if any of them like put offers on the table. I just think he's, he's such a good talent that to me, it's kind of strange that we're hearing, I'm not hearing as much chatter about him as I would have expected to. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, I don't know. I think he's been someone that has obviously had, some success, but a lot of hype to contribute to that success. And I never have felt like he has, I guess, lived up to that. And maybe it's unfair to say that maybe, you know, you're view, you know, I'm viewing it in such an extreme way, but I don't, well, it's just so hard when I just, I, I don't remember he, one play he made for the Browns last year. I don't remember. I don't even, I forgot that he was on the Browns and he played, I think all 16 or 17 games last year, which for him yeah, is a feat. But I mean, it's so hard for me because I'm like, there's so much drama happening in the Browns. There was so much drama happening in the Browns organization. I feel like all the time, but especially over like the past like two years. And so it's so I just feel like it's so hard because I'm like, what if some like insanely talented players just end up on the wrong team at the wrong time and they're not able to actually showcase their skill and flourish just because the culture of the team is just not great. It's true. I mean, that Browns organization was in a rough way last year. I don't know how much better it's actually going to get. Oh my god! Uh, Rapist as your quarterback, it's not the best situation. (laughs) Uh, I would not be surprised um, to see him re-sign potential. Not re-sign. I don't think he's going to go back to the Browns, or I think it already would have happened. But I wouldn't be shocked if he went back to Houston. There's been a little bit of smoke there. Or even if he ended up in Baltimore, it kind of seems like Baltimore is putting a lot on the table and they've you know recently signed some players uh, with injury history with high upside OBJ being one of them. 
and maybe Davion Clowney would have a little motivation to stick it to the Browns for what he felt was misuse in their system. So I think that could be maybe a possibility. And obviously they also, uh, the Browns got Zadarius Smith. So that would obviously rule out Jadavion Clowney as well. The last one, Yannick Nagakwe, uh, last played for Indianapolis. He's a 28 year old pass rusher, uh, started his career in Jacksonville. Funny enough, had a, like a six game pit stop, um, in Minnesota, got traded to Baltimore. And then uh, they believe signed with the Raiders played there for a year and then got traded to the Colts last year. Quietly had a pretty decent year is 28 free agent young. Where do you see him potentially ending up? Yeah. I just, his situation has been so weird because it's like, he's been just, I feel like he's just been put in a situation where it's like, he's a good enough player to like leverage in key trade deals, but it's like, he's not that player that people want to like hold on to. And so, and I'm like, even at the Colts, like, the Colts organization went through the weirdest situation last year. Right. I mean, like they had a complete meltdown. They're going in, everyone's hyping them up. as like favorites to like be contenders for the Super Bowl, And then they have a complete meltdown. They hired, they fire their head coach. They have the whole coach debacle. And I mean, all the while, like he averaged nine, he got nine and a half sacks like last season with the Colts. And so it's like, he was putting numbers up. And I think that he, he's like, he's only 28, which like, as we talked for like a, for a running back, that's old, but for like defensive, like, no, you're good. Like you still have years in you. And so I'm just really interested to see like where he ends up at this point. I'm like, still just so confused about where that's going to be because I don't know of like a team that has been like showing a lot of interest in him. And I think it always puts, it's a bad rap on these players. Like when you've been traded so many times in like four years, it's like one of those things where I feel like he'll get picked up like a week before the season or even during preseason, like a team will add him on due to an injury or something like that. But I think we're going to see a while before he gets actually signed anywhere. That is what's interesting. And and looking at a report, because I hadn't really dived it much into him, but I do think he's an intriguing prospect uh, in terms of adding him to your team, I would be very excited. He has a few quotes of, um, I feel like it's, uh, I just feel like instead of doing business, I'm looking to have a stable home. Um, He wants to play for contender. Uh, And if you look at his past year, 13 games to the Colts, 29 total tackles and nine and a half sacks. That's nothing. uh, That's pretty solid. If you add that to your team, you're getting 10 sacks, you know, a a year Uh, that could be, you know, pretty valuable to especially a contender but for him you know a lot of these times like a Kansas City Chiefs you know they don't re-sign a Carlos Dunlap because they didn't want to get locked into a multi-year deal on maybe an aging prospect and maybe they view you know maybe a lot of these contenders not just the Chiefs view Yannick in the same boat he's looking for a multi-year deal with some security for himself financially obviously the years have racked up and most teams are maybe looking to him, you know, bring him in for a year, see if he can make a run if you're close. And there's probably just a little bit of differences on both sides. So I think he's interesting. I don't know where he'll end up. I haven't seen anything. There's nothing I can even look up that shows anyone that's been showing any interest. Just the fact that he's looking for a multi-year deal. So I think wherever he goes, I'll be, I'll, we'll be surprised. But if I'm him and a multi-year deal is not, uh, like kind of popping up, I'd sign with the Chiefs. 
just say, Hey, you know, what, what can you pay me? Let me get there. Let me go. Let's go make a run for a Super Bowl. get my name out there playing some big games, maybe have some big moments in those big games. And that would potentially propel you to get it maybe a few more years in next year's free agency. I know. I think it's, yeah, I think that signed with the chiefs, I think another team that could use them is the Baltimore Ravens or conversely, I mean, the Jaguars, he had his best seasons with Jacksonville. Sure. Once he drafted him in the second round. Exactly. And so it's like, I mean, I think that Jacksonville could use that. And so it would be interesting to see him land at the place that originally drafted him and where he had his best years. That would be. And so I think that there are some options. I think the saints could also utilize a good edge rusher. And so I think that there's like, he has like, I have faith that he's going to get picked up. I'm just really interested to see where he lands. And I think we're not going to see it happen until August. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, like you said, it's a month away. But one of the things that is going to get me absolutely back into football season, and I, I hate that they're doing it so early. I wish it was maybe a couple weeks later. But the new docu-series by Netflix titled Quarterback looks unbelievable. And maybe it's partly because my boy Kirk, Kirko, Kirko Chains is in the is in the, Cousins. is in the series. But it also follows. Patrick Mahomes and Marcus Mariota, which if you're whoever sought those three out, got those three to approve it, I think is awesome because you get to see three different levels of being an NFL quarterback. You see Marcus Mariota fringe, you know, once hyped up second, second overall pick fringe NFL starter is the season kind of fizzles out on him at the end. There was even reports at the very end of very interested to watch this when the series comes to a close there's even reports that he quit on the Falcons once uh, Desmond took over that he stopped showing up that he, you know, faked his injury just so because he was embarrassed that he wasn't the quarterback. That'll be interesting to see to play out. But then you have Kirk who last year, 13 and uh, 12 and five, 13 and four season. I already forget what the Vikings did last year, but I think it was 12 and five uh, regular season losing heartbreaking fashion. Like they always do uh, in the playoffs. And you get to see a lot of those great games that the Vikings played in undocumented, I mean, just unprecedented access. And then you see the Super Bowl winner in Patrick Mahomes, superstar, best player in the NFL. That is like the three best versions. I think that you can watch and kind of understand what it means to be an NFL quarterback. So I'm jazzed. If you haven't seen the preview yet, don't worry. You can watch it. It comes out right now to the, when you're listening to this. So I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to make a football. It's like, it's like every year when you just start, it's like when preseason is there and you're watching all of the like hype videos, just getting ready for football season. I mean, it's just kicking off a little bit earlier and we are down for that. Well, and that's, what's interesting is what it's kind of like hard knocks on steroids because it was through the entire season. They had, they, they followed them around through practice, but they also went into their homes and like, what do you do at your house when it's a Tuesday and you got installed the next day? What's kind of the process? Uh, how do you recover after getting hit around by 300 pound linemen? And that, you know, they show some of the hits that Kirk took throughout the year and what he does. And, you know, also bouncing being a husband and a father, I think it's just so it's going to be really cool. And my prediction is that Kirk's going to, you know, he has this like national media that people don't really like him or respect him as, as a quarterback, which is absurd. You can think whatever you want of him, but I think people are going to leave this. He's going to be the star of the show. Everyone already loves Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in the NFL. He's charismatic. He's funny. He's got some swagger to him. 
but I think Kirk's going to leave this episode and people are going to be like, I really want Kirk to win next year. That's just my prediction because he's going to tug on the heartstrings of America. That good man, father, family man is just going to pull people in. He's going to pull them in. If they show a lot of Jackson or a Brittany, then I'm sure that people are going to like Patrick Mahomes less and Kirk even more. That's true. Well, (laughs) how funny, not that it would happen, but how funny it would be is like the last episode airs of quarterback and then, the Vikings have signed Kirk Cousins to a four-year contract extension, <laughs> fully guaranteed. It's just the GM, Kwesi, was watching it like, wow. Kwesi watched it, had tears rolling down his face, and then Kevin we, O'Connell hugged, and they were like, that's our guy. We got to keep this guy here $50 million a year, whatever. <laughs> it's a blank check for that man. <laughs> that's Please a culture no. builder. That would be awesome. Um, but, yeah, so I'm excited. We'll uh, We'll give our views. I don't know. I, I don't know how many episodes there are. I don't know when, how they're releasing them. So maybe next week we give you a full breakdown and review. Maybe it's a half review because they've been doing that as well, but whatever they give us, we'll review on next week's episode. We have got you. There's going to be eight episodes for this. Uh, this oh, release. so you found it. Wow. That was yes. really hard. Yes. Don't are they doing like that. full all eight or is it like you. four or? All eight episodes of Quarterback will be available to stream at 12 o'clock a.m. PST on July 12th. That's in uh, three hours yeah. or four hours. Well, it's in five hours. Yeah, four hours. <laughs> we're good. So at three, at 2 o'clock a.m., 1 o'clock a.m., we are going to be able to watch. Perfect. Okay. Well, Paige, do you have something to end us with? Yes. Okay. So we're, we're in the, we're in the midst of summer, just finished the 4th of July. Everybody's hiking and camping and doing the fun things. So for our final segment today, we're going to talk a little bit about which NFL and NBA player, you get to choose one from each league, Zach, would you want to be invited to their family reunion? Family Reunion. Family reunion. And coming from a family that does not have family reunions, we're going to be envious of all those that do. <laughs> all right. That is a question that I don't know the answer to. Let me think. Do you already have your answers? Obviously, the one that thought of it. So do you already have who yours would be? You know, I'm always, always ready. Well, okay. Ready? You want some time? No, go ahead. You start. Okay. NBA. I really want to go to Marcus Smart's family reunion. Marcus Smart's. Wow. Marcus Smart's. <laughs> never I would mean, have. I never would have guessed that. I mean, aside from the obvious LeBron James, anything I'll attend. Um, yeah. But Marcus Smart, I mean, fun hair, fun vibes. I just think fun hair, <laughs> fun hair. That's what we're going that's, off of for this election. That is what you base it off of. And I mean, I don't know. I just feel like Celtics did him dirty and I feel like he deserves better. And I just think his family would be fun. I have mine for the NBA. Okay. Who is it? I think it's easy. Nikolia Jokic. Ugh. I think that would be. They don't have family reunions where he comes from. What are you talking about? There's families <laughs> at every single game. I bet every day back in Ukraine, now that he's a multimillionaire, is a family reunion. They just hang out. And there was a video that released where they're they're like boating somewhere in Ukraine. He jumped out. He did a front flip off the boat 
I mean, the man knows how to party. The man knows how to kick back. He'd be riding horses. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And there's a great family camaraderie vibe going out there for the Jokic family. So yeah, my choice, Nicole Jokic. And I think that once people hear that case, kind of think about it, let it ruminate on them that they would hundred percent agree with me. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you have one for the NFL? Um, not off the, let me think again. I need to get into my thinking pose. Thinking pose, thinking pose. Do you have yours? Yeah, I'm going Marshawn Lynch. Okay, that's a pretty good choice. Specifically because I think the jokes would just be, I would just be laughing the whole time. And I just know that the food would be phenomenal. Let's see. I have to see. Okay. I have mine as well. Uh, Lamar Jackson's family union. Uh, Very close with his mother. Uh, They're from Florida, kind of. I believe around the Miami area, I think is where he's from. Yeah. Just Northern Miami, uh, kind of above Fort Lauderdale. So very close to the family. So there'd be a lot of good, like lovey vibes. And I know for a fact, someone in that family knows how to cook. They know how to cook really well. And having lived in Georgia and experiencing that culture, not that it's exactly the same as Florida, but just that Southern vibe and Southern Southern hospitality. hospitality. There's nothing. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is a California boy. uh, So not quite what we're digging down here in the South, but I'd, I'd be down there in a heartbeat. We'd be doing the family, uh, family union on a beach, playing some football, some volleyball, some spike ball in the sand while having a good old crawfish boil. Yeah. It'd be great. I'd be all about it. So yeah, that's, that's where I'd want to be. That's where I'd want to be a hundred percent. I think I, I think I'd ace this. I think I'm a hundred percent. I don't think there's anything wrong with my list. I don't think there's anything that I think both of our lists, I think all these people, we should go to all their family reunions. So feel free to extend an invitation. Yes. I would love to go to Ukraine or not. He's not from Ukraine. He's from, where's he from? <laughs> I just, uh, just spaced it. I just, Ukraine popped in my head and that's not even, he's from Serbia. Yeah. Some more Serbia. Yeah. I don't know why. You know, Ukraine well, pops in on a lot of people's Hot brains. news just know that he made it back just in time to watch his beloved horse races in his hometown. I find it very strange that me and Jokic are the same age. Yeah, I don't like that. That feels weird. It's kind of depressing. I'm just kidding. It feels like he should be your dad. He kind of looks like a dad. <laughs> well, he is a dad, so I guess You that also fits. look like a dad. You're also a dad, so that's So, if the shoe fits. But, yeah, me and Jokic, same age. Wow. What have you and- done? <laughs> A Spartan race. (laughs) (laughs) Is Jokic a Spartan? Nope. No, he's not. He can't he can't claim that. Nope. Well sweet. Uh yeah. Let me know who you think won that. Not that we were doing a competition, but if we were, let me know. Yes, let me know who won that conversation or debate or whatever you want to call it. Well, if there's nothing else, Paige, thank you for listening to this episode of His and Hers Podcast. I would call this, title this, the summer edition, quote unquote, as we continue to count down the days until NFL football returns. Love y'all.